Hi, I'm Johan, and welcome to a special edition of the Burning Rooms podcast. This episode is part of a series called Burning Rooms Solo Stories. If you listen to any of our episodes we've done over the past few years, you would have heard our mandate at the beginning of each episode. Burning Rooms, where we have the conversations, share the stories to strengthen your corporate and personal prayer life. In this series, we're going to focus on the stories aspect of that mandate. We are currently unable to meet as a team in this time of quarantine, so we decided let's let our audience get a taste of who we are as individuals. Let's share the stories that are meaningful to us. Whether it's something we've read, studied, personal story from our life, let's let our personalities and our creativity come out as individuals and share some stories. So these episodes will be very different than what you're used to. So come with us along on this journey as we bring you this limited series of Burning Rooms solo stories. So let's get to the story. Hello, everyone. Jehu here for another solo episode of the Burning Rooms podcast. For those of you who don't know, I work as a high school teacher in a local school division. And if there's one thing I've learned through all my years of working with students, it's that people are drawn to stories. More than a mathematical formula or scientific diagram, people want a compelling narrative. Today, I want to tell you a story about physics, x-rays, and the benefits of a cloudy day. You might be wondering how this relates to the prayer movement, but stick with me till the end and I promise it'll all make sense. Our story begins in Paris. The year is 1896. Our main character is Antoine Henri Becquerel, whom I will refer to simply as Henri, so as not to offend any French listeners with my terrible pronunciation skills. Henri is a 44-year-old physicist. His father had been a physicist, his grandfather had been a physicist, and his son, soon to turn 18, was also on the path of becoming a physicist. Side note, I wonder what their dinner conversations were like with all that physics in the family. So, Henri, excited to follow in the family tradition, was studying physics. Now, back in 1896, physics was much different than it is today. Whereas today a physicist might specialize in a narrow field and perform much of their work using a computer, the physicists of the 1800s were inventors. They tinkered with various contraptions, scratched out their notes by candlelight, and sent each other letters about their various discoveries. Remember, the internet didn't exist back then. They couldn't simply email the newest findings. So our friend Henri had an interest in light. The physics community was beginning to understand that light could take many different forms. For example, the light we see with our eyes and the x-rays that a doctor uses to see the bones inside the body are actually both forms of light. The difference is that the x-ray light has a shorter wavelength. This means that x-rays can pass through the body, but it also means that our eyes are not actually adapted to see this type of light. To see x-ray light, physicists have to use special photographic film, 
one designed to capture light of any wavelength. On a personal note, when I broke my collarbone as a child, I remember being quite intrigued at the x-ray. The doctor could point to the bone, well, now two bones, and show me exactly why I shouldn't have been involved in contact sports. So back to Henri. It was the end of January, and Henri was attending a meeting with some of his physics buddies. They were excited to experiment with these newly discovered x-rays. Everyone wanted to head back to their labs and tinker with this new type of light. Unfortunately for Henri, these x-rays were produced using electricity, something that was in short supply in 1896. So Henri came up with an idea. He began working with various crystals, and he wondered if perhaps one of these crystals might be able to transform regular old sunlight, which of course is much easier to obtain than electricity, into x-ray light. Now, this idea was not actually as far-fetched as you might think. At the time, physicists had discovered glow-in-the-dark rocks, the kind where you shine a light on them, put them in a dark room, and then enjoy the eerie green glow they give off. Shout out to my mom who lovingly decorated my room with glow-in-the-dark stars when I was a kid. So over the next few days, Henri prepared his experiment, and he had to find the right rock, the right crystal to work with. So what he did was enter a dark room. Next, he would wrap photographic film in black paper to prevent any sunlight from reaching the film. He gathered a few different crystals he'd be working with. He placed these crystals on top of the wrapped film and put the whole setup outside in direct sunlight for the day. The first few attempts were not very successful. The crystals he used didn't seem to do anything, and each day he developed the film, he got nothing, just a blank image. However, he kept at it with different types of crystals until he thought to use a particularly rare type of crystal. Henri prepared his experiment again, this time using uranium crystals. When he developed the film the next day, to his surprise, he saw an outline of the crystals. Fantastic, he thought to himself, a method for generating x-rays using only the power of the sun. No electricity costs needed, just these amazing uranium crystals. So, full of excitement, he repeated the experiment again and again over the next month. Each time, he always found the outlines of the crystals in the photographic film. Now, Henri believed that the crystals were transforming the direct sunlight into x-rays. Then these x-rays, unlike the sunlight they came from, could easily pass through that black paper and create an image of the crystal on the film below. Just like how an x-ray can easily pass through your skin, thereby allowing a doctor to take a picture of your bones. He summarized his discovery in a letter to the French Academy of Science on February 24th, 1896. During the following week, Henri continued to investigate these crystals. He again entered a dark room, wrapped photographic film in black paper, gathered up some of the uranium crystals, placed these crystals on top of the film, but then he went to go outside and the weather in Paris did not cooperate. 
It was a cloudy Wednesday and poor Henri was not able to conduct his experiment. He tried again the next day, but again the sun refused to shine. So he placed his film crystal contraption in the safety of a dark desk drawer. For the next few days, the weather in Paris was miserable and cloudy. The sun was nowhere to be seen and Henri did nothing with his experiment, leaving it locked away for the rest of the week. On Sunday, March 1st, Henri opened the drawer of his failed experiment and a curious thought occurred to him. What if I developed the film anyways? He hadn't conducted a proper experiment with the film. It had been locked in a dark drawer over the last few days. There had been no sunlight for the crystals to transform into x-rays and so the obvious result of developing the film would be a blank image, a waste of his time. You can probably guess by now that the film he developed was not blank. Indeed, what Henri found shocked both him and the scientific community. When Henri developed the film, he saw, and I quote, The silhouettes appeared with great intensity. The crystals had produced an image all on their own. They didn't need the sunlight. Henri had been wrong all along. The crystals were not transforming the sunlight into x-rays. Instead, these uranium crystals were emitting a strange new light all on their own. And they had been emitting this light all week while lying in the dark desk drawer, creating a bright and vivid photograph. Henri had discovered radioactivity. Wow, what a story. And to think if Henri had not chosen to develop that film, we might have never discovered radioactivity. Not much is known about Henri's faith, so we can't necessarily credit his breakthrough to a vibrant prayer life. But in Daniel chapter 2, Daniel and his friends were seeking wisdom from God. They needed to discover the king's dream and its interpretation. And unlike Henri, their situation was life and death. Without a breakthrough from God, Daniel and his friends would all be executed. But Daniel prayed. Daniel had a vibrant prayer life, and God gave Daniel the dream and its interpretation. In verse 21, Daniel declares of the Lord, He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. If a cloudy day and a dash of curiosity were enough to discover radioactivity, what could we discover in partnership with Jesus? What if I could discover a new approach to help students with math anxiety, or students who suffer from depression? What if there was an invention that could help struggling farmers in the developing world feed their communities? What if you could create a vaccine not just for COVID, but for cancer? What secrets of his created order might the God of the universe share with his friends? We don't have to wait for a coincidence, or a stroke of luck, or a cloudy day. We have access to enter the throne room and ask the King of the universe for wisdom, help, knowledge, and revelation. So let me pray for us. Jesus, you call us friends. You've opened your heart to humanity 
and made yourself accessible. Would you give us the insights of heaven? As we lean into you, would you tell us the things on your heart? Would you give us breakthroughs, discoveries, and inventions in our workplaces? Would you unlock secrets and mysteries? Would you reveal deep and hidden things to those who love you? In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a special edition of the Burning Rooms podcast, Burning Rooms Solo Stories. If you want to find out more information about us, listen to other episodes, find out about our team, find all our social media links, visit us at burningrooms.ca. Also, if you enjoy this content, please leave a review, tell others about our show, and subscribe to the podcast. And if you'd like to help us out, help us create new content and improve the podcast, you can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash burningrooms. Until next time, my name is Johan, and this is the Burning Rooms Podcast. Mm-hmm.